Welcome back, Creatures of the Night, to episode 29 of the Collecting Dead Man podcast. I am your host, as always, Stephen Zeman, and I want to welcome you back as I discuss Undertaker merchandise, memories, and more, uh, all here on the Collecting Dead Man podcast. I hope that wherever you subscribe on your preferred podcast platform, that you do leave me a five-star review. Please continue to spread the word to all the fellow creatures of the night. And continue to subscribe, of course, on your preferred podcast platform. Also, where you are in the mood for subscriptions, please check out my YouTube page, uh, Collecting Dead Man on YouTube. That's where you'll be able to find all my toy hunts, mail unboxings, and um, watch-alongs. And speaking of watch-alongs, Canaanite 10 will be joining me soon as we uh, continue on the path of the Brothers of Destruction, uh, the feuds, the times they teamed up together, and everything in between. And as I talked about last week, next up is King of the Ring 1998, a double feature. Um, Hell in the Cell of Undertaker vs. Mankind, and the first blood match between Kane and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, two big nights for the Brothers of Destruction. Undertaker, uh, of course, will uh, perform and win his most infamous Hell in a Cell match against Mankind. And Kane will win his first and only WWF Championship that night from Stone Cold Steve Austin. Of course, we know Kane will go on to be ECW Champion and World Heavyweight Champion. This is the only time he captures the WWE title belt. So that's something fun. Uh, good night for both Brothers of Destruction. And I uh, cannot wait to discuss this double feature with Kane and Night 10. And of course, um, coming up in a few weeks, I hope to uh, get together again with Randy Turco. As we continue our tag team championship uh, uh, watch-alongs of The Undertaker. Uh, as we uh, move on to Monday Night Raw, December 2000. As Undertaker and The Rock team up to uh, win the tag team championships. Um, they only hold it for a few days before losing it on SmackDown. Uh, kind of an uh, interesting pairing. Also, an interesting decision to have them win the tag belts and only keep it for uh, less than a week. But I'm looking forward to watching that match back and uh, seeing all the history that surrounds the uh, company at that time and especially uh, what was going on in The Undertaker's uh, career during that time. But um, that is it for podcast news. You know, just a couple of watch-alongs on the horizon. You know, subscribe to the YouTube channel. And uh, be sure to subscribe to this podcast. Leave me a five-star review. And follow me on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan and on Twitter at CollectUpDead. Uh, but that is enough podcast news for the week. Let's get right into Tales from the Grave. Uh, where I discuss my favorite Undertaker memory, figure hunting memory, and everything in between. Now, since it is October and uh, spooky season is upon us, um, 
because this will be it's October first when this uh, podcast episode drops. So I don't know about uh, my fellow listeners, but October always makes me remember No Mercy. There was always like the October pay-per-view uh, when I was growing up, uh, you know, my uh, Attitude Era fandom and the Ruthless Aggression uh, fandom, you know, that's everything, uh, you know, October is my birth month, uh, of course my birthday is October 17th, so it's always nice to uh, have a, um, a pay-per-view usually around my birthday. And um, No Mercy was always it. And unfortunately for me, No Mercy holds the distinction of being the worst, probably the worst pay-per-view for The Undertaker. Because he holds a horrible 1-6 and record at the event. Um, His only victory came at No Mercy 2001. Uh, where he clashed with Booker T in what I consider to be a very underrated classic. Uh, him and Booker T, you know, they would go on to fight again at Judgment Day 2004, which is again a um, an underrated match. Of course, um, the following year he would uh, he would lose to Brock Lesnar in that unforgettable, brutal Hell in the Cell match. Um, the following year, again, they run the rivalry back, but this time in a biker chain match, which he lost thanks to Vince McMahon. So now he's 1-2. and two. Um, He loses in 2004 with the debut of the Last Ride match, uh, where Heidenreich makes his presence known, costing The Undertaker uh, his chance at being uh, WWE Champion again. Uh, which leads to a rivalry with Heidenreich at Survivor Series. And we know everything, you know, as Undertaker fans and everything, we know uh, with Heidenreich and the disaster of a rivalry that was. But 2005, he was set ablaze in the casket uh, by losing to the Ortons. 2006, he loses by disqualification to Mr. Kennedy. And in 2008, he was knocked out by the Big Show. So, 1-6 record at the pay-per-view. You know, it's a pay-per-view that happens during my birth month. You know, it's the pay-per-view that's usually happening around Halloween, spooky season, everything like that. You would think No Mercy is just, it's just the groundwork for a great Undertaker pay-per-view. And of course, he, he, he gives memorable performances here. Like, everybody knows the Hell in the Cell match with Lesnar, the Biker Chain match with Lesnar, the uh, Randy Orton and Cowboy Bob casket match, the um, um, Last Ride match with JBL. You know, the great or good performances, uh, matches that people remember. But it's just a horrible event for The Undertaker. He only has one victory at this event. And of course, when you think No Mercy, if you're like me, the first thing that pops into your head is the Nintendo 64 video game. And this kind of leads into my figure hunting memory. Because this week I didn't want to talk about figures, I wanted to talk about the video game. 
Playing No Mercy for the first time on the Nintendo 64 was amazing. Uh, particularly because I first played it about 10 years ago. Uh, as a kid, you know, I was more of a PlayStation kid. Uh, my friends played PlayStation, so I didn't really... I wasn't really involved in Nintendo 64 or anything like that. So my games were SmackDown, SmackDown 2, the SmackDown vs. Raw series. You know, and to me, those are still my favorite games. Uh, nothing really can top SmackDown vs. Raw 2006 and 2007 to me. You know, those always are so pure nostalgia. They hold such a special place in my heart. Uh, but No Mercy is still amazing. And No Mercy is probably my favorite uh, Nintendo 64 wrestling game. It is, you know, it just feels fun. It's just a fun wrestling game that you can really enjoy for hours. And I remember, you know, playing the survival mode, trying to unlock all those special superstars, going through season mode, all those little twists and turns through season mode. Uh, you can make different paths. Everything that, you know, a win and a loss really meant something in this game because it would divert you to different uh, pathways in how to unlock superstars and it just gave you an limitless or endless possibilities of where you can go in the game. And always something fun I would do is usually like around dinner time when me and my parents would eat dinner. If we didn't want, if we uh, didn't know what to watch on TV, we would just I would just turn on the uh, No Mercy, net, uh, the uh, Nintendo 64. And we would just uh, play Royal Rumbles and uh, Survival Mode with the computers. And have them, you know, play, show how that would go out and everything. Because it, it felt like you were watching a wrestling event. And it was just fun to see how the computers would react. Uh, what they, how the eliminations and everything like that. And it was just fun, you know, just to... And even after you finished dinner and you just relax afterwards you know in the match will still be going on it was just fun to watch um, I know we would do that with other games as well like um, the Smackdown vs. Raw series uh, Here Comes the Pain and Shut Your Mouth were always fun because the eliminations were easier and quicker just like No Mercy so you know you can like there's no like mini games to have them be eliminated you know you could toss them over the top rope and usually uh, they would just fall out. It was just fun. It, it felt like an actual wrestling event. And uh, No Mercy was always a fun one to have the computer, watch the computers uh, go through the Royal Rumbles and survival mode and stuff like that. But it's, it's still a game that you know you hear them talk about on video game podcasts. You, hear, uh, you see people continue to Twitch stream this game and continue to write-ups of it you know they hope that it gets remastered for like the Nintendo Switch they want the next wrestling game to be more No Mercy feeling everybody goes back to talking about No Mercy because it's so nostalgic uh, you have the ability to edit your roster uh, the survival mode the, the season mode which I talked about earlier it's it's something I feel that wrestling games have been struggling to duplicate. 
I know that uh, Here Comes the Pain is looked upon very favorably. The SmackDown vs. Raw series is looked upon very favorably. And usually they say like around SmackDown vs. Raw 2008, that's when the game started to change. And, you know, a lot of people don't look upon the games coming afterwards as favorably. Except maybe like WWE 13 or 2K14. But it's like very sporadic after like the mid 2000s games. And that's, you know, No Mercy's been a game that, and on such a high pedestal, that wrestling games have been struggling to duplicate. And, you know, you, there can never be another No Mercy. And it just sets it apart with all the other games that I love. You know, like I said earlier, SmackDown vs. Raw 06 and 07. Uh, the first two SmackDown games, any PS2 game I just have a special place in my heart for. And then there's No Mercy in WrestleMania 2000. They, they are amazing Nintendo 64 games. And, you know, I just thought about this, you know, as I was writing up my show notes for this week. Talking about October, No Mercy pay-per-view. You know, it just comes naturally to think about that video game. And, um... It's something I, I really am thinking about getting that game back. Um, and, you know, maybe do like a uh, a YouTube video or some kind of uh, streaming uh, episode of me going through the video game. I think that'd be really cool for my listeners and uh, my subscribers to watch. And especially if you're not familiar with the game, you can see about how I go through it. And, you know, I always choose The Undertaker. He is the best one to choose in these games. And um, I always love editing his attires, you know, make it more, um, you know, especially they had that ministry attire in there in the No Mercy. So I tried to give him like his his uh, transformation attire, like the bad ministry into the badass. Uh, so those are always fun to do. You know, you give him different music, you know, you give him that Kid Rock-esque music instead of the raw music uh, and it's just something you know it's things that you can do on this game that you really can't do on the other games and that's what makes it stand out so much to me so yeah no mercy although it holds the distinction of being a horrible pay-per-view for the undertaker it holds a distinction of being such a great wrestling video game and um yeah, I really don't recommend going back and watching any No Mercy matches from The Undertaker, except the Booker T match, because he wins it, and it's such an underrated classic. But uh, we don't like to discuss matches that Undertaker lose his, uh, loses here on the podcast. Uh, but if I had to pick one, I would say, you know, you got to see the, um, the Brock Lesnar uh, Hell in the Cell match. You know, that's the one that put Brock on the map. Um, you know, they, they ran the rivalry back the following year, of course, with that interference from Vince. But um, if I had to pick anyone to, have to suggest go back, uh, watch the Hell in a Cell uh, between Lesnar or the uh, one against Booker T from 2001. But play No Mercy. Pick it up. It goes for about 30 bucks now, I think, if you're lucky. So, uh, yeah, it's a popular game, and the price dictates popularity. So, um, 
hopefully to pick that I hope to uh, pick that up again soon and uh, see about playing that because I uh, think it'd be fun a fun uh, a different uh, sidetrack to this podcast maybe see about Undertaker's appearances in video games and how that piece of merchandise um, sets it apart from other pieces of merchandise in Undertaker's career his appearances in video games uh, which is you know that he's always a character I use every time I go through season mode every time I um, do like exhibition matches always go for the Undertaker and I think that'd be a great uh, maybe a bonus podcast episode talking about Undertaker and video games uh, my favorite video games matches and appearances of the Undertaker in video games so that's definitely something that uh, keep a keep a lookout as could be a uh, a bonus podcast episode coming your way uh, maybe uh, later on this month or even uh, before the end of the year but uh, figure Undertaker news no Undertaker news this week but we do have some new figure news breaking today ringside collectibles has put up new pre-orders they have put up pre-orders for the Wrestlemania 38 basic and elite series in the basics you get Seth Rollins Hulk Hogan Bianca Belair and Sheamus and in the elites you get Shawn Michaels AJ Styles Stone Cold Steve Austin and Bret Hart which gives you a build a figure Vince McMahon from Wrestlemania 3 uh, good thing to point out here, Shawn Michaels looks to be from Wrestlemania 26, his retirement match against The Undertaker, and AJ Styles is from Wrestlemania 36, the Boneyard match against, against The Undertaker. Uh, looks like Stone Cold is from Wrestlemania 19, and I don't know exactly which Wrestlemania Bret Hart is from. I'm guessing it may be WrestleMania 26 as well against Vince, but that would be an out-of-a-box uh, decision to give an older Bret Hart WrestleMania. But uh, we shall see. But uh, Shawn Michaels and AJ Styles, you know, may be something to pick up from my Undertaker collection. They also put up uh, Basic Series 126, Mandy Rose, Bobby Fish, Seth Rollins, Cesaro, and Drew McIntyre as well as Basic Series 125, which is The Rock, uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott, which is The Chase, uh, Jeff Hardy, Elias, Ember Moon, and uh, that is uh, Basic Series 125. They also uh, showed uh, pictures of the new Reckon ATV with Big E, so fully expect that uh, vehicle to show up on television soon. Uh, a championship rivals ben, uh, bundle, uh, which comes with a championship belt, Randy Orton and Drew McIntyre basic figures, which is very reminiscent of the old Jacks uh, days, where they would include a title belt with two ruthless aggression style figures. So that's interesting. Hopefully, maybe um, they would do a belt with the Undertaker one time soon. And of course, we got new prototype images for the Showdown Two Pack Series Seven. Kane versus Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Cesaro versus Roman Reigns, and Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. And of course, Series 8 should have Bret Hart versus The Undertaker, so looking forward to when that is up for pre order. 
But that is the news for this week in the figure world. Of course, yeah, uh, everybody who is on top of figure news knows that Elite 89 should be shipping from Ringside Collectibles. So hopefully uh, the Ultimate Editions with Kane and Undertaker start shipping within the next couple weeks. I, I hope so. Um, you know, I have uh, Undertaker on pre-order. Uh, may, may have to go for that Kane. Uh, but uh, we'll see. We'll see what comes up. But uh, definitely looking forward to seeing more images of those WrestleMania Elite series, especially Styles and Michaels. See if I uh, should pick up uh, one of each for uh, my Undertaker WrestleMania opponents collection that I uh, probably will be starting soon. But that is it for Undertaker uh, slash figure news. Uh, let's go on to weekly purchases where we start digging up a dead man. Welcome to Weekly Purchases. And of course, Weekly Purchases, where we dig up the dead man. That's where I add pieces to my collection from either eBay, Macari, Instagram, by way of the U.S. Postal Service, FedEx, UPS, or even may get lucky sometimes and find something in the stores. Uh, small week this week uh, that made its way in uh, from the post office and that is I managed to pick up the last one of the well the last brawl for all mini rings I need and one of the last mini rings overall that I needed and that is Buried Alive. I got the Buried Alive mini ring set uh, comes with Vince McMahon Undertaker, Stone Cold Steve Austin, and The Big Show. And I just love these little uh, Brawl for All sets because it's... I just love... Um, oh, I'm sorry, not Big Show. Triple H, I mean. Big Show is in a different uh, ring set. Um, so yeah, Triple H, Undertaker, Vince McMahon, and Stone Cold. And like I was saying, I love these sets because they give you so many little accessories and you can build out like your own... Um, miniature um, display with just minifigures and mini rings and I love miniature Undertaker items miniature WWF items and I think this is one of the things I, I sometimes talk about this that's missing from Mattel and today's collections is they don't do enough miniature items Jax was all, all all the rage with miniature figures and rings and stuff like that back in the Attitude Era, back when Jax had the license, even in the Ruthless Aggression Era when they made the microaggressions and little things like that. I love miniature items because they, are, they make such a great display piece. They make such a great collection focal point that... Um, it gives you just another dimension to your collection. Um, I did purchase some more stuff from Jason Blade. Uh, of course, that stuff had not, has not come in the mail yet, so I will not discuss that yet. I will discuss it when it comes in the mail. And uh, got a few awesome things from him as well, so can't wait to talk about that. Hopefully it shows up by next week's episode um, to discuss with all my creatures of the night so you can hear about the uh, the newest stuff entering my collection. 
So um, that is it for this week. Like I said, real small week. Just the mini ring came in the mail. Uh, but we go on to Taker's Mark, where we uh, start our spooky season with a countdown of my favorite gravest matches. Taker's Mark. Now, since it's October, and we have about ooh, four, five weeks in October before Halloween. So it gives me a good healthy countdown of my top five. I figured, you know, what's the best type of countdown to have during the season? And I thought probably the most creepiest or his most uh, gravest matches. So I thought about a choosing a one match per gimmick rule in this countdown list. So there's going to be no doubles. There's going to be no duplicate casket matches, no duplicate uh, boiler room brawls, uh, buried alive, um, last ride matches, hell in the cells, things like that. So if I do, just talking here, if I do last ride match with Mr. Kennedy, uh, last ride match with JBL will not be on this list as well. If I do the casket match with um, Randy Orton or the casket match with Mark Henry the other one won't be on this list so it's one gimmick match per, uh, per uh, countdown list it's uh, so starting out at number five I'm gonna I have to go with the boiler room brawl now although Undertaker does lose this match this match sets up the next two to three years of Undertaker rivalry and lore for his character because this match is the match where Paul Bearer uh, betrays the Undertaker he uh, turns his back on him hits him over the head with the urn and joins forces with mankind that sets into motion the buried alive match the character change of the Undertaker uh, Undertaker's pursuit of the WWF Championship, Paul Bearer saying that he knows Undertaker's secret, bringing back Kane from the dead, uh, the Brothers of Destruction feud, the uh, Brothers of Destruction teaming up, Paul Bearer turning against Kane, forming the Ministry with the Undertaker, and then eventually Undertaker's turn into the badass. This match, the Boiler Room Brawl between Mankind, is the catalyst between the next few years of The Undertaker's character change, his lore, and everything else that's like, built from this. You get the Hell in the Cell with Mankind, you get the Infernal matches, you get the uh, championship uh, runs in 97 and 99, you get the Ministry, you get the Badass, all from this uh, singular match which sets it all in motion. Because if Paul Bearer never betrayed The Undertaker, then everything else that came from this match never happens. So the Boiler Room Brawl, number five on my list, the only Boiler Room Brawl that The Undertaker participated in, so of course there will not be a secondary one on this list, and even if he did participate in another one, 
we know that going by my one gimmick match, uh, one gimmick rule match uh, in this countdown, that of course this would take the cake of it. So um, I think this is a really cool countdown list to have during the month of October. Uh, of course, if I'm still doing this podcast a year from now, I'm going to keep this up. So whatever five matches I talk about this year, of course, will not be duplicated next year. And I'm looking forward to seeing uh, which ones I come up with in the next four weeks. But for the first week, coming in at number five, the Boiler Room Brawl, SummerSlam 1996, Mankind defeats The Undertaker because of Paul Paul Bearer's betrayal. And uh, of course that, just looking back at that Most Wanted Treasures uh, show from earlier this year, they still talk about uh, this match and what it means so much to The Undertaker, Kane, and Mankind character is they, they searched out that betrayal urn. That, that urn holds such a deep meaning to not only those three wrestlers, but also the character of Paul Bearer and everything else that stemmed from it. So definitely, I had to go with the Boiler Room Brawl to kick this off, kick off the countdown, coming in at number five. Although our man, The Undertaker, loses, it sets into motion so much uh, greater things for the character and it puts the character on such a more uh, grand scale with the lore and the uh, layers that are peeled back because of this match. So definitely give this match a rewatch if you haven't watched it in a while. And uh, just think about everything that became of this match. It's also basically WWE's first cinematic match. It's, you know, people are watching it on their TV screens, sitting in the, in the crowd. It's uh, taped in the back. I think even the match was pre-taped up until they escaped the boiler room uh, door. So everything uh, that's happening in the boiler room, I think, is pre-taped. So it's a, the first cinematic match. Um, it just sets the groundwork for so much things in the company. And, you know, the hardcore element that Undertaker is putting himself into. Uh, the Mankind character forcing the Undertaker to think outside the box. Uh, you know, dig deep into his bag of doing things to character uh, and the man, you know, didn't really do before this. Undertaker never participated in a hardcore style match before this. This was out of the box. This was revolutionary to uh, the Undertaker character. And to be put into a boiler room with these weapons and mankind. Again, it just peels back the layers to what the character can accomplish. And what he was able to do with this match sets the groundwork for what he's able to do with mankind in the months, the matches, and the years to come as we see culminating in the Hell in the Cell match. So it's just fun, it's revolutionary, and it's so important to not only The Undertaker, but to everybody else that gets involved with The Undertaker in the years to come. So Boiler Room Brawl, number five, Undertaker versus Mankind on our Gravest Matches Countdown. 
And so we finish things off with Buried Alive, one of my favorite segments of the show where we take a weird or what the F Undertaker item, say what were they thinking when they made this, and say, you know why it's probably my collection? And why it probably still sucks. So let's go on to Buried Alive. Now, the thing I want to talk about this week in Buried Alive is actually a um, figure collection that I uh, got from Jason Blade a couple weeks ago called the Final Count and Finishing Move Sets. Um, I finished off my Final Count and Finishing Move collection uh, thanks to Jason Blade uh, at Blade underscore 517 on Instagram. I... um, finished it off and also when I when I got these I was thinking you know they're so revolutionary but yet so awful at the same time because you got all this articulation you got the ab crunch the movable arms forearms wrists you got um, these great real scan faces but then you have these awful hair pieces that are stuck in such a way as if the character is doing the finishing move but if you have them posed not doing the finishing move the hair looks awful I know especially in Triple H when he's given the pedigree they have his hair all the way up like he's like he's in mid-air but if you have him displayed not giving the pedigree it looks like he has like a giant cone head and Undertaker you know he has a hair like swaying to the side like he's giving a choke slam or he's giving you a last ride um so the hair is an issue also the thing in the issue is they don't give Undertaker a Undertaker-esque attire he's either in black jeans or blue jeans which is you know badass Undertaker of course but they don't give him a t-shirt or a singlet top they give him a vest with a bare chest and Undertaker never fought in a vest or with a bare chest in the badass uh, especially in the early badass years like 2000-2001 he's always had a shirt he always had like a, a button-down shirt a merch, and, uh, a merch style shirt or he would wear his singlet top so it's just like uh, they cut corners again with the Undertaker attire. Instead of giving him a t-shirt or a singlet top or a button-down shirt, and they don't even give him a bandana with the final with the finishing move series, which of course is always a gripe because badass Undertaker should always come with a removable bandana. You know, they did it in the House of Pain. They did it in uh Rebellion. Um those type of figure lines, you know, if you don't give him a bandana, give him a hat, something like that, because that's what he wore. But they give him a vest with a six-pack abs and no shirt and stuff like that, and his hair is posed in such a ridiculous way. It's just this, like I said in the beginning of this uh, segment, it's so revolutionary and groundbreaking for this amount of articulation 
But yet, after you look past that, the figures are so awful. The awful hair, the awful attires, and um, yeah, it's just like, again with Jax, I, I love Jax. They knock it out of the park in so many ways, but in other ways they cut corners and they make you, you know, not want to complete lines or you fall out of favor with specific lines. And if I wasn't an Undertaker completist, I probably wouldn't be picking these up. Um, but, you know, I had to buy them because I, I want to complete my Undertaker collection. But it just shows me, you know, I don't think I even uh, bought these as a kid because I think they would, they probably would look dumb or I didn't care for them. Uh, even when I was younger, I preferred the Titan Trons and the, um, the Bone Crunchers at this time. Uh, so, yeah, it's just... And, they had such a great idea, and but execution was missed, especially when it comes to attire choices, and you know the hair, the hair pieces. You know it just doesn't look right, especially on Undertaker. You know it should, and especially on Triple H, like I mentioned. It's just so many misses. Well, there should have been so many hits, but um, that is it. For episode 29, it is in the books. Thank you, my creatures of the night, for joining me here on another week. I hope this episode made up for last week's not-so-engaging episode. I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that you please leave me a five-star review wherever you get this podcast. I'm on Spotify. I'm on Apple iTunes. I'm on Google. I'm on everywhere you can think of. Find me. Wherever you want to uh, subscribe to this podcast, check out my link tree page where you can find my merchandise stores and where to find this podcast. You can find my YouTube channel. Subscribe there as well. And follow me on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan and on Twitter at CollectUpDead. And until next week, as we hit a milestone episode 30, keep on rolling, baby. Until next time. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of Collecting Dead Man. Please continue to subscribe and leave us a five-star review where you can. Follow me on Twitter at CollectUpDead and on Instagram at CollectingDeadMan. Check out my Linktree page so you can find the links to all my merchandise stores, where you can find wherever this podcast is available, and where you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Hit the like button and subscribe there as well. Please continue to support this podcast in any way you can. And until next week, Creatures of the Night, keep on rolling.